You're listening to This Naked Mind with Annie Grace. Hi, this is Annie Grace and welcome to This Naked Mind podcast. I'm here with Amy. Hi, Amy. How are you? I'm good. How are you, Annie? Really good. Really great. Awesome. I'm so excited to be here. Oh, I'm so glad that you're here. This is amazing. So why don't you sort of take us back to the beginning in your journey with alcohol? Where did it all start for you? Uh, sure. So I feel like my story kind of sounds like a lot of people's. I grew up in a small town in Arizona. Um, and I feel like kind of from high school on, there was a drinking culture. There wasn't a lot to do there. So we did a lot of, you know, going out into the desert and having a bonfire and having some beers and then going home. Um, so I was definitely part of that all growing up. Although, you know, in high school and even kind of my freshman year of college, I didn't drink that much, but it was definitely just all around me. It felt really normal. And then, then kind of my sophomore year of college, I had a boyfriend and we broke up and I was just really down and I started going out without him. And I realized like I could kind of I started drinking a lot more then. It was like this more of adopting kind of that party girl personality and that fun. I'm going to go out and be one of the boys and hang out and all of that stuff. And I lived with my two best girlfriends and we just, you know, spent a lot of time doing, I think, just really normal college stuff. So going out, going to the bars, having parties, all of that. But, you know, at that point, it all felt really social and really normal to me. Um, I moved to Phoenix. I lived there for about 10 years and it just kind of, it all felt the same. Just all really social, drinking with my friends. Um, I started working in the construction industry, which is another really kind of boozy industry, I feel. So we would have networking events and meeting with the contractors and we would go out for beers after work. And I still, I think I kind of started to even build up a little bit more of that, like drinking with the boys mentality. You know, if I was a very young woman, working in the construction industry, but I could go out and like have a couple beers with the guys after we met on the job site. I felt like it gave me a little bit more credibility in a certain way. So um, that kind of progressed for, you know, the next few years. And then um, when I was 31, I moved to New York City, which was a whole <laughs> different scenario. Um, and, you know, as so many people talk about, there's just a really strong drinking culture there. And one of the things that happened for me too, immediately when I got there was, you know, when I was in Arizona, I would go out, but the bars closed at two. So by one thirty in the morning, they kicked you out and they made you go home. But in New York, they never closed. You could just stay out as long as you wanted. So I would find myself out in New York city till four, five in the morning, you know, just living my life, doing the thing. But it really, it just became such a big part of my life, like that nightlife and that going out and all of that stuff. And so um, it was probably about like a year after I moved to New York. So this was a long time ago. This was 10 years ago that I first kind of started thinking like, maybe I'm drinking too much. I never did anything about it, but the, the idea was like kind of, you know, niggling around in my mind in there. And so I did that. And then I ended up moving in with a couple of roommates who were amazing and I love them dearly. But one of them happened to be a really big deal bartender in New York. And because of that, he was always just getting like free booze from all of the different vendors that would come into his bar and they're trying to get him to use his stuff. So he would just bring all this stuff home and he didn't care if we drank it. So there was just constant free alcohol in the house 
all of the time. And so my other roommate and I, we would got really into, you know, making hot toddies and having wine. And that's when I really kind of started drinking at home and kind of every day. And so from there, it kind of progressed to, I started drinking by myself. So I'd be at home on a Saturday afternoon, working on a project, I'd have a beer or two. So that combined with, I was also still like in the, I'm an interior designer. So I was like in that, you know, that world of design and creative people in New York. So there's lots of parties. I was throwing parties in my showroom, all of that stuff. So there was still, you know, also a drinking aspect to my work. So the way I like to describe it is at some point, I don't know exactly what it happened, but at some point, those 10 years I lived in New York, every single aspect of my life that wasn't actually physically being at my desk working was kind of associated with alcohol, you know? So it's like, you'd have a happy hour after work, you'd meet up friends and like go to a museum and then you'd have a drink at the cafe afterwards. Um, you know, we'd go to the park on a Saturday afternoon and we'd take a bottle of wine. So it got to this point where just every single part of my life had alcohol associated with it. So I was drinking very, very consistently. Um, not always to excess, but like I said, very consistently. And so through all of this, the other thing I was noticing is that my anxiety levels were just getting more and more and more. And, you know, I've always considered myself to be like a very calm person. Like people are always like commenting to me like, oh, you have this very easy energy. And I didn't feel that way anymore. Like I was always just kind of on edge. Um, and by the end of it, like I would describe it as I felt like I had this like kind of sense of impending doom. Like I was always just, I felt like the other shoe was going to drop. And for a long time, I thought it was because there was like something going on with my mind. You know, there's just something I need to fix in my mind to get me over whatever's causing all these anxious thoughts. And so, you know, I was doing all the stuff. I was going to yoga. I was going to therapy. I've been meditating for years. And just no matter what I did, it wouldn't go away. And so I want to say it was probably like early 2019. Like just something in my mind told me like maybe all of this like anxiety you're experiencing has something to do with the drinking. And it was just like this thought that popped into my head and I just started Googling like crazy. And that's actually when I came across um, your book, because it was kind of the first time when I saw like a very like scientific breakdown of like, this is how like ingesting alcohol on a very regular basis can lead to these like physical things in your body that manifest as feelings of anxiety. And um, I kind of just, I knew like somewhere <laughs> in my, in my heart, in my mind, I kind of knew that was right. Um but, you know, even like kind of with all of that knowing, I didn't give it up immediately. I kind of started like trying to cut back, but it was, it was hard. It was, it was a very slow process. And so um, this was all happening towards the end of 2019. And then of course, 2020 rolls around. Um, pandemic came. I was in New York City at the beginning of the pandemic. It was, it was a scary, scary time for everyone. Um, I do feel very grateful though, that I've kind of learned what I had learned by that point. Cause I made a very like hard and fast rule for myself, like no alcohol in the house. Like I just knew somehow that if I was in my house 24 seven alone, like it wasn't going to be good. So I was able to actually kind of draw that line for myself, but 
I was also, you know, with my partner at the time. So I would spend two or three days at my house completely alone and not drinking, fine. And then I would go to his house for two or three days. And we always drank together. Um, he's never drank like really excessively, but it was definitely part of our relationship. So when I was there, I was drinking. When I was home, I wasn't. And I would still like had this thought in my mind, like you should really stop. But like, I just couldn't figure out how to do it when I was in this situation. That was basically what we were doing. We didn't have any other social outlet at the time. So um, in October of 2020, um, he moved back to Brazil. He's a Brazilian. And I decided to go stay with my mom for a few months in Arizona. My lease was up in New York. And I thought, you know what? I can work remotely. I'm just going to go stay with her. I'll save some money. And so while I was there with her, I, um, she's not really a drinker. She's never been much of a drinker. We don't drink together. So I thought, you know what, this is a good time for me to take a little break. So while I was staying with her there in Arizona, I just quit drinking. But for me, it was really easy because she was really the only person I was seeing and we didn't have a relationship of drinking together. She didn't really notice. I didn't have to explain myself to anyone. I didn't have to tell anyone what I was doing. It was just like a very personal thing that I did. And after about three weeks or so, the anxiety just lifted. It was amazing. Mm -hmm. Like for the first time in years, like I just felt calm on the inside. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> like this, you know, I was right. This is definitely a thing for me. And so... I was definitely hooked. I was like, this is, this is better for me. This, this is the way I need to be living my life. And then, um, so I was there, I was in, I was doing really well. And then I moved back to New York. And so I was still doing really good with not drinking, but it was kind of like this situation where I feel like I needed to get my reps in. And for me, I really needed to practice learning how to do every single part of my life without alcohol. So at first I got back to New York and it was like, I need to learn to be out with my friends without drinking. And I did that. And then I need to learn to do all of the stuff that I've always done with a glass of wine without a glass of wine. So I would go three or four months and then like maybe I would have a cocktail one night and I'd feel horrible and I just couldn't do it. And so finally the thing that threw me over the edge was um, September of that year, um, I went to Austria. I met my partner in Austria and we were hanging out and we went to the opera there. And so we're at the opera house in Vienna and it's beautiful and everyone's dressed up and, you know, it's amazing. But my problem is I don't like opera. Like, I think it's so boring. So I'm sitting at this thing and I'm bored to death and I'm like, okay. So we go down and he orders a glass of wine. And I thought, you know what, let me just have some. So I had like half a glass of wine. And out of nowhere, this like thought popped into my head, like, oh my gosh, this is so much fun. And it was the first time that I really realized, I'm like, that's not you. That's not you that's thinking that. It's just because you put this thing into your body that's doing all of this stuff to your brain, this huge dopamine hit that you think you're having fun when you're not. And I was like, okay, I'm done with this. Like, I'm just really, really done. So it was really, I just had to get to that realization of like, this thing is making me think things that I don't really believe and I don't find to be true so ever since then I've just been I've been done and it's really it's been so good you know my uh 
anxiety is continues to be at bay. Um, I've moved a couple times since then. I'm living in Brazil with my partner now. Um, things down here are great and it's just, I've never kind of really looked back. Mm, wow, that's amazing. I love that experience of just having, you know, the the voice in your head of saying like, mm -hmm. I don't like opera. Yeah, <laughs> it's exactly. not really fun. No. <laughs> and that's that's such great awareness and self-awareness, Amy. That's that's amazing. Um so how has it been for you? Like, cause it feels like this is such an internally driven journey, which is really, really cool. Uh, but how has it been for you socially? And are you still living in New York or? No, I'm, I'm, I'm living in Brazil now. So I live in oh. Brazil. Um, socially it's been fine, you know, especially with my friends in New York, I've kind of, kind of always marched the beat of my own drum a little bit. So I think when I told them, I'm like, okay, guys, I'm not drinking anymore. They're like, okay, this is the thing that Amy's doing now. So, you know, socially it's been fine. My closest friends, they've never cared at all. I've had some really interesting experience with like my close girlfriends who, you know, we would go out and we would have drinks, but they were never big drinkers. But like now two of my best friends in New York, when we go out together, it's kind of assumed that we're going to order mocktails and we're just not going to drink. And we just do all of this stuff together and they still drink from time to time, but it's just not a thing anymore. And it's, it's really lovely. So um, it's been okay. And then, you know, here in Brazil, you know, there's a drinking culture here too, but I think people notice my bad Portuguese way before they notice the fact that I'm not drinking. So that's, that's been fine too. I just tell them, no, no, I don't drink. And they say, okay, do you want, want some tonic? I say, sure. And then we move on. So it's just really, it hasn't been a big deal. Oh, that's great. That's great. Yeah. Um, I went to Brazil when I was pretty newly alcohol free and mm -hmm. I got so much pressure. And I think part of the problem was that all the colleagues that I was traveling knew that I had been a drinker and I had mm -hmm. drank and so I drank with them in other countries. And then all yeah. of a sudden here we are in their home country. And it was, they really wanted to show me the, I think it's a Cipriana. Is that the, oh, like, uh, the, no. the cap, uh, Caprinha. Caprinha. Yes. Yeah. It was like had egg whites and was frothy and light. Mm -hmm. Like some, it was a big thing. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. the liquor was a big thing too. It was made out of sugar yeah. cane. And, yeah. and um, they were very offended that I yeah. was wanting to do it. And I remember one person was like, yeah, it's like they almost got into like a little tip about me not drinking. It was so fascinating. It's like, wow, yeah. this, this is really probably, it was probably for me the most outward expression of like, um, yeah, I have a problem with your behavior. <laughs> I could see that they are they are quite proud of their cachaça down here, but yeah, you know, I think there's that, and then also my partner, he still drinks, but he's very supportive of me. So when we go out and I'm introduced to colleagues or whatever, you know, I say I don't drink, and he doesn't always say anything, but I think it's very obvious to everyone that he's like right there with me. So like no one makes a big deal out of it. I love that. I love that so much. So your journey has sort of continued. So why don't you tell us about what, what was next? Yeah, absolutely. So in 2021, yeah, 2021, I decided to do, um, I'm oh, sorry, that was 2022. And I completely lost track of all the years. But in the beginning of 2022, <laughs> I um, joined the coaching program. So I was certified as a coach as of October last year. 
And I have to say, like going through the coaching program, obviously it's so wonderful to be able to learn how to coach and how to help other people. But like, I just personally gained so much from that program and, you know, the coaching I got from the other people in my cohort and the uh, coaches that were leading have been, you know, some of it was really, you know, life-changing. I got some coaching around the relationship I'm in now that I really think completely changed the direction of our relationship. So I've been super grateful for that. And then, um, so within my coaching, I've actually been really focusing on alcohol-free travel. So I've been setting up um, different groups of travel. I did a group trip to Mexico of April last year. I've been working with other coaches that want to host retreats in other countries. So I've just been focusing on that because I feel like kind of like I was talking about earlier when I really had to get my reps in of learning how to do every single part of my life without drinking. I feel like traveling can be such a hard thing for people because you can learn how to go to dinner and you can learn how to do the networking event. You can do all of those things. But if you only go on a big trip once a year, all of a sudden you're like, oh no, I'm in the situation where I haven't practiced it yet. I don't know how to handle this. So I think having that, that, you know, really supportive group of people traveling together, alcohol-free can just be really life-changing and it's, it's just been amazing. Wow. That's incredible. And there's something so amazing that happens the first time you do something or you have an experience and you break the connection where that experience had previously been like associated with alcohol. Mm-hmm. So if you have that uh, experience of, of travel, or I remember like even, you know, my first plane rides are my first. And then that one experience changes everything. It's not like you have to sort of ease into it after that. You just get through and be curious about the one thing. And so something like travel, like how how to, to go on a trip and to go on it with friends and to have that alcohol-free experience, like how much does that cement into your psyche that it's not actually the booze? Right making the difference exactly exactly yeah it's been really great and like you know this last trip I did um one of the women on the trip she was she actually did like a dry January with me and then she's like okay I'm gonna go to Mexico with you and I'm gonna stay alcohol free this entire time and like she's in super good shape like she owns a CrossFit gym she's a very like healthy you know input in shape person and at the end of that trip she was like I feel amazing I slept so well. I feel rested. Like I've never felt so good after traveling and like she's hooked. Um, I haven't checked in with her for probably a month or two, but as of a couple of months ago, she was still totally alcohol free and that was never her intention. She just kind of wanted to try it. It's like, you know, for health reasons and she's in. So it's been really cool. Mm, I love that. That's just, that's just so cool. And um, like, just, it's not only, I think how her experience demonstrates that it's that you learn that you can do something and be super happy with alcohol. You actually learn the cost of the alcohol, right? The cost and the, how, how you are feeling, how heavy, you know, it's been a very long time since I've had a drink, but um, I do, I can recall the feelings and the sensations. And a lot of it was like, almost like having molasses in my veins, you know, exactly. just the sort of heaviness and just, yeah. Um, yeah, really you travel to affirm life and to explore life and, and alcohol, you know, just biochemically 
does the opposite. My son actually asked me the other day, he's like, what, what sort of things kill brain cells? And he's like, I know alcohol does, but what other things kill brain cells? And I was like, I love that you're asking this question at 12 years old. And isn't it interesting? Just take a minute and be like, no, we, I think it's pretty common knowledge that alcohol kills brain cells. Like people seem to know that and ignore it. Right. <laughs> like so fascinating. Um, I really like Dr. Amen's work. And he, he basically says like, you should, the, the quality of your brain, like the actual physical structure of your brain dictates the quality of your mind, which dictates the quality of your life. And he's like, so anything you should look at every decision you're making of, you know, is it actually imp- improving or, or harming your brain? And this all for me ties into travel because I think that something like travel is so good for the brain, right? Just the newness and the experience and the relationships and the friendships. And it's, it's just so, it's such an alive experience and it, it builds in memories where so much of our, our day-to-day life, we just don't even remember because it's the same. And so our, our brains just file it away as another one of those, another one of those, but then you interrupt the pattern and you travel and you have this just incredible experience for the brain. And, and to think about how many of my trips that I don't even remember because I was drinking, you know, and it, it feels like those things are so at odds. And so the idea of alcohol-free travel, um, I just love it so much because I feel like it's, it's just so aligned in kind of, you know. Yeah. It's, it's amazing for all of those reasons. And even too, you know, if you're in a new place, the last thing you want is to wake up and think, Oh, I'm going to skip that tour today to this place. I might never see again. Cause I'm so hungover, you know, like it's just, it's, it's really sad to think about, you know, sometimes we, we make those sacrifices. And so to, to have a different way of doing it has just been such a game changer. Yeah. And it's just reminding, I am enjoying this conversation particularly just reminding me how much I'm taking those things for granted, right? Like mm-hmm. it's right. just as easy to take it for granted because it's been so long that, um, yeah, I'm the one who's up early in the morning, mm-hmm. you know, I'm the one who's like kind of did the little random hike that nobody else did, or kind of went down to the, to the sea and listened to some music and watched the sunrise and, all of those little things that I would have never done when I was drinking. So I love that so much. That's cool. So Amy, let me ask you, um, if people are curious about, you know, maybe going on a trip with you or learning about your coaching, where can they yeah. find you? Yeah. So um, my website is then she went. So it's then she went.com. Um, I'm there and I'm also on Instagram. So those are both two really good places to find me. Um, I have all of the information about my upcoming trips there, or if you just like want to get on the mailing list to like hear about when I'm posting something new, um, it's all there. That's amazing. Um, and then let me ask you the question that I kind of finish off these podcasts with, which is if you were going to go back in time and talk to a past version of Amy mm-hmm. and tell her what life is like now, what would you say? I think, I think I've been thinking about this a lot because of course I knew this question was coming. I think there's two things I would really say. And I think the first one would be just to like, really trust your instincts. When I started to think, you know, that very first time years ago, like, I think drinking's making me feel bad. I would tell her, like, I would tell past me, like, trust that, like, you're right. And I think the other thing is too, is just, you know, 
all of the things I was really worried about, you know, not having a social life or, you know, feeling really uncomfortable at parties and all of those things, it's all fine. It's going to be fine. If you can really just, you know, trust your instincts and and do what's right for you, it's going to be the right path. I absolutely love that. It's so true. And yeah, just this idea that like we are kind of guided in all of it, even if we don't recognize it. it was it was funny right before we got on the podcast I was looking for a book my bookshelf and I actually found all these old journals um and I was just reading through just sort of some entries I had a few minutes and it is I was like wow there's so much similarity and there's there's such a just sense of like all along the way you know it all is just kind of happening as it should right absolutely amazing so cool Well, thank you so much, Amy. It's just been a real pleasure to have this conversation and I really appreciate it. Awesome. Thank you so much, Annie. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you're ready to see how This Naked Mind can help you on your personal health and wellness journey and want to learn more, go to thisnakedmindpodcast.com to learn what your next best step is. Again, that's thisnakedmindpodcast.com. We have all of our free resources, programs, social links, and more available for you there. Plus, if you have your own naked life story to share, you can submit it there as well. Until next week, stay curious.